We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the NBA front office show. We've got more NBA action. We'll talk all about the latest news around the NBA. All hoops, no hot takes. I'm Trevor Lane. You can find me on Twitter at Trevor underscore Lane. Joined by Keith Smith at Keith Smith NBA. Keith, how are you doing? And uh, we had, we've got a, a few things to get into today, including a peek at the standings. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're, we're going to go through some early season surprises, both good and bad, and just things that have caught our eye on the, the standings-wise after we do some news and things like that. And uh, yeah, for me, Trevor just gives you a sense of I'm, I'm catching up after my family was all in town and we were uh, all over the state for soccer and stuff. I laid down and took what was intended to be a 20-minute nap, which ended up being two-plus hours. So <laughs> I, uh, apparently I, I needed it. So. You needed it, exactly. It's, you know, I'm feeling good now. I'm I'm up. I'm refreshed. I'm ready to go. And you know, we're ready to talk some basketball. All right. Well, let's start with uh, with Darius Garland. Some good news here. Maybe not good news for your Celtics here <laughs> because they they're playing the Cavs tonight. But Darius Garland, close to a return, may play tonight. Remember, he was dealing with that eye injury that was uh, not pleasant. That's that's for sure. Uh, oh, but getting close to a return now, and again, may even play tonight. This is huge for, for Cleveland to get him back and up and running and, and everything. This could be a major difference maker for them because he was phenomenal last year. They relied on him a lot. Yes, Donovan Mitchell helps to mitigate that a little bit and help to weather the storm without him. But this Cavs team absolutely needs Darius Garland in there. Yeah, absolutely not. Not to step on our little standing stock later, but five and one w without him. But uh, obviously they, they need him to be the team that they hoped to be when they were putting this roster together with the Mitchell trade included. And I, it's funny. I almost expect there to be a little bit of bumpy in his probably first handful of games back, mm -hmm. just because Mitchell's going to be returning to a more uh, off ball role um, to some extent versus being truly, you know, the on ball guy. We'll see if they stick with Karis LeVert in the starting group or not. I'm very curious to see how they play that. Um, Cause that, kind of puts you in a spot where you've got three uh, really dominant on-ball guys there. But the good news is Darius Garland really doesn't want to be the offensive engine as far as shooting. He wants to be a playmaker and create. So I think eventually when they figure it all out, they figure out their spacing and their touches, it'll be fine. They'll 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 get to where they need to be on the floor and they'll, they'll do stuff. But it might be a little bit bumpy just for those first handful of games back and of course that'll lead to the overreactions of are they better without Darius Garland and things like that oh and, and even though we all know that's not true 
it's like last year with the the Grizzlies are better without John Morant takes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're going to happen, right, if they go on any kind of little stumble here in his first handful of games back. I mean, maybe he comes back and they're just just as good. It's. Yeah. I mean, clearly they're not going to win five out of every six games this season. That that would be you know record-breaking pace. But I, I, I think they're going to be a very good team. You know, the good team, good depth, good balance. They, they can play a lot of different ways now uh, with that group. It's, you know, they've got some interesting trade pieces if they want to go that that route down the line. I, I, I really like this Cleveland team. You know, I saw the take out there today that, man, the Cavs have got to be regretting trading Lowry Markinen in that that deal to get Donovan Mitchell because of how well Markinen has been playing. And, I, and I'm just thinking, no, not, yeah. not really. Like, I understand that he's been playing better than you would have expected with the Jazz. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, credit to him. He's been fantastic for them. The Jazz have been winning. We'll talk about them when we get into our standings watch. But Cleveland's been really good. It's not like Cleveland's been struggling and they're looking no, across sure. the way and saying, oh, man, if we just have Lowry Mark. And I think they feel pretty good about what they got in Donovan Mitchell here. Yeah, I completely agree. I think they are, you know, perfectly content with uh, the trade that they made. And, and and I think it's one of those ones where today, right now, you know, <laughs> two weeks into the season, it looks like it's a win for both teams. You know, we'll, we'll see ultimately where that goes down the line. But, I mean, we both, I think, thought the marketing signing last year, right? It happened late as part of that. Uh, I think it was ultimately a three-team sign-and-trade uh, maneuver where Portland got involved in that too. I think we both thought it was weird, but I don't think either one of us disliked it at all, him going to 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 uh, from Chicago to Cleveland. Uh, and then last year, it worked pretty good. Um, you know, it was weird at times watching yeah. the three seven-footers run around together, but it was, you know, it worked out pretty good. So, but yeah, I mean, obviously Donovan Mitchell, I think he's in the first six games, I want to say been over 30 points and five of them. I think they're okay. I don't think Cleveland has, has many regrets. It's just indicative of the era that we live in where like if another team has success with the players that you sent out, that equates to, well, you lost the trade, yeah. thing, right? Like everybody, everybody wants to see whatever you sent out is nowhere near as valuable as the stuff you got. And that's the only way you really win a trade. That's not really how the NBA works. Though. Yeah, exactly. It's like the Kawhi Leonard, George Hill trade way back in the day. Oh, where yeah. It was like, oh man, the Pacers must be kicking themselves. Well, the Pacers had, you know, really it, one of their best uh, franchise runs for multiple years with George Hill as a big part of it. So yeah, I mean, maybe they would have been better with Kawhi and, and one, but we also don't know, does Kawhi develop the way he did? Like he did in San Antonio. So sure. yeah, I, I don't, it, some trades are obviously, you know, really bad and mm-hmm. you know what, what, what that's an off-season show we can really get into some you know uh truly terrible trades but i think uh for the most part you know trades are never you know quite as one-sided as they seem especially not again two weeks into a league year all right let's move on let's chat a little bit about streaming we talked a little about streaming on our live show yesterday in the nba looking at selling their streaming rights and mm-hmm. got into you know all the the different variables involved with you know consuming streaming content but uh, Overtime Elite and G League Ignite are going to have streams of their games. Looks like potentially Amazon is involved there. Uh, look, Scoot Henderson is is in the mix here. Look, you saw what happened with Victor Wembanyama and the mm-hmm. and Scoot and the demand for that. I think this is fantastic that, that we're going to see these players out there available on streaming and, and they're going to get that much more exposure before some of these guys make their way into the NBA. Yeah, I completely agree. I think what we're seeing here is um, let's talk to G League Ignite Park because that one I think is a little bit easier. Yeah. Uh, just like they announced, what, probably about two weeks ago now, is right around the start of the year, that they were going to stream on the new NBA app 
all of Metropolitan's 92, Victor yep. Wembanyama's team. They're going to stream all of his games. They're now going to stream a select amount of Ignite games. And there's going to be a handful more Ignite games that are shown on the ESPN family of networks. So mostly it's like ESPN2. Two, excuse me, I have the hiccups. Um, ESPN2, ESPNU. I, I don't know if ESPN News has worked in there. Maybe mm -hmm. the Ocho will be a real thing, and they'll throw a, throw a couple games on that one. But I, it is they they've been doing that for a little bit now. The the ESPN has been showing G League games. A lot of times the G League plays at um, odd times. They might play in the middle of the afternoon on a weekday because a lot of it's based around travel and, right. and uh, they're not as worried about getting a big crowd in there. Exactly, like exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, some of them like the Lakers play. There's no like true fan crowd allowed in, in their, their arena. Cause it's, it's a practice facility, you know, where, where they play some of their games. So it is um, with this though, it is very much, um, you know, the idea is let's get more eyes on Scoot Henderson and Victor Wembanyama, And then kind of, uh, out of nowhere on the other side, Amazon reaches this agreement with Overtime Elite, which, to be clear, is its own separate entity, not involved with the NBA. Um, and if, if people aren't familiar with that, it is they basically started a basketball academy for high-end um, high school basketball players. Uh, and when I say high-end, I mean like the highest of ends, like fairly confident they're going to go pro. And the idea was come to uh, school at Overtime Elite. And we're going to we're, we're going to give you a contract. So they're making a little bit of money. Um, most of these players, if not all of them, won't be eligible to then go play in college because um, they've taken money to play their sport. But it is also, you know, there is a school component involved in that. And it's basically, you know, we're going to try to crank out kids and get them ready for professional careers. Yep. And Overtime Elite was very successful with that last year. They had a handful of kids um, pop the, that this past year, and a couple of them hit the draft. They've got uh, two two kids this year, um, Amen and and I believe you said Asor uh, Thompson. They're twins. Um, they're about six foot seven. They're they're um, guard forward players um, that people are really excited. Um, Amen Thompson believed to be the if anybody's going to crack the Wambanyama Scoot Henderson uh, duo at the top, it could be him. Pro probably not is the best. You know, I, I see it in understanding talking with people, but he's pretty high up on people's list as the number three. There's a lot of people I know keep saying it's not just a two player draft. Like this kid's pretty good too. But then his brother is also considered to be a top 10 player. So Amazon's going to stream stream their games. Um, I believe it's a 20-game package uh, over each of the next three years. Um, they've also got kids who are like 15, 16-year-olds that, that are going to be kind of the next wave that come in. They're going to build a web series um, just like they did um, – around a couple different soccer teams they've done. Mm -hmm. I know they did one for uh, Tottenham. They did one for Leeds. They did one for, I believe it was Manchester City. Um, so they're going to build kind of that uh, package out to watch them. So, yeah, pr pretty cool all, all around that we're going to get to see a lot of stuff. And they're investing in Overtime Elite, which I'm sure was only a minor little part of, of this as well. But, now and for us as basketball guys, Give me all the ways to see these kids possible. Right. I, I don't want to be going to look at cell phone footage that's then uploaded to you know YouTube or you know, TikTok <laughs> because it's like you know all right cool let me piece that together and then you know half the game the person's like oh I gotta I gotta 
text. So they're looking down and you're looking at somebody's hard to evaluate somebody's game like that. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, I mean, this is, this is, this is great. I think it's awesome. You know, that we're going to be able to see all these kids uh, that before they come into the league that aren't going the normal college path, right. You can find Duke and uh, you know, uh, UNC and UCLA, those games, you can find those all over the place. These games, you know, not always easy to find, but this year they will be, you know, far easier to find. Exactly. And that last point right there is why I think this is so big for the NBA that we see more and more exposure for the G League, for Overtime Elite, for for whatever, Mm -hmm. because there are becoming these alternative paths. But the downside to the alternative paths is you don't get like March Madness. And I'm not saying this is ever going to be that. It's not going to be anywhere close. But the downside is you come into the NBA and you don't have as big of a name because you weren't on a college team that made a big run in the tournament and you become a national name. Right. Like that. That has value. And this is at least a step towards mitigating that to a, a small degree. Again, this is never going to be anywhere near that, but it's at least getting the, these guys out there and getting a little more exposure. So ideally, when a guy gets into the league, your team drafts that guy. This is not the first time that you're hearing that name. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I had a, was asked on a radio spot this morning is, are things like this is not, not they've already proven to be a legitimate basketball path, but from a recognition uh branding path as these things become bigger is this going to kill college basketball and you know and i said one is the nba doesn't really care if they kill off college basketball um i don't think that's you know any concern of theirs but what i think this really is is this is college basketball has been our feeder system into the nba for years for Mm -hmm. you know our entire lifetimes and you know it's only just now starting to be different direction we're probably never going to get to the European soccer model as far as right. they, they they identify a kid at eight years old, sign yeah. him, you know, get him in their their academy program, and then uh, you know sign him to his first professional contract when he's like fifteen. I don't think we're ever going to get to that point with professional teams. It's just not really how sports in this country work. But I do think there's the potential that this is kind of sort of the replacement for that, um, especially the overtime elite portion where it is, you know, hey, come here when you're fourteen. 15 16 17 and we're you're gonna do school work you're gonna do all that stuff but you know basketball will be the focus you know there's still gonna there's gonna be eight hours of basketball stuff every day and it's not just practice and drills it's gonna be we're gonna watch film we're gonna do training we're gonna teach you how to um you know to really treat your body right at a young age and all that stuff and and i think that is the replicated model of the academy model that works in european soccer i think we may see that be the direction this goes um in this country because that's where you know i i it's just we're never going to get quite there but this is a you know let's call it a pseudo pseudo and suitable replacement to that model if we want to get these kids pro experience right away and i could say you know as a former educator it's um i think it's a good thing to have options to have yep. options out there for different paths. There are so many different learning styles out there, so many mm-hmm. different things that will work for kids. And so having the different paths that you can take, not even just speaking in terms of sports, but in terms of how you are educated and what type of educational path you, you take, it's a good thing to have different roads to travel down and not just one, this is the only way. And if this doesn't suit you too bad, I think it's a good thing for these kids to have different choices. Yeah. And college basketball is not going anywhere. It's too big. You know, they'll adapt. They will start figuring out ways to make sure kids are are there. And, and, And to your point, March Madness is far more about the March Madness experience than it has ever been about 
you know, the, the individual players or anything like that. Like, right. you know, that's fun for us as NBA guys. And we get to watch them all the time, but it's, it's, you know, how many times have, have you gotten wrapped up in a March madness game? There's no NBA prospects, but it's a, you know, number 14 seed is about to take down a number three seed. Yeah. And it's like, Oh man, I, I, I never knew about, you know, Southeast West directional state before, but now I'm the biggest fan on the planet, right. For the next five minutes of crunch time. Cause I want them to beat the, you know, the, blue blood powerhouse college like that's what march madness is about it's not necessarily all about the players absolutely absolutely uh we also have a transaction here the spurs signed uh jordan hall um he you know i I, i'll admit i haven't dug into this a lot i don't know a heck of a lot about jordan hall (laughs) but is this a a corresponding move to the the josh primo situation from the roster spot wise absolutely yeah jordan hall was um with the Spurs in summer league, uh, played five games with them, looked kind of okay. I didn't play a lot. Every once in a while, you'll see a team. They really like a kid. They may not play him a lot in summer league just because they're kind of trying to keep it quiet. If they don't have him signed, he signed a two way. He was the guy they waived right at the start of the season um, from his two way. When they picked up uh, Charles Bassey after he had been waived by the 76ers on a two way. So a uh, big kid, he's about six foot eight, um, really a wing though. He played, at St. Joe's uh, for two years. He was two-year starter for, for St. Joe's. And last year, uh, just to give you a sense of kind of his all-around ability, remember I said he's six foot eight, 14.1 points per game, uh, 6.7 rebounds, and 5.8 assists per game. So the college level, those are pretty big numbers, especially mm-hmm. for guys six foot eight. So um, and, and the assists aren't more than a one-year pop. He averaged 5.6 assists as a freshman. So there's some talent there. He can really play. He's also only 20. Uh, doesn't turn 21 until uh, mid-January. So I, I like this for the Spurs. Get get him in. You'll see what it looks like. It's it's reportedly a, a rest of the season, one-year uh, prorated uh, non-guaranteed contract. So so we'll, we'll see you know, where it goes uh, from here with Jordan Hall. But, yeah, roster-wise, this is the Josh Primo replacement. Bring him in. They've been going through a lot of injuries. Um, uh, Blake Wesley, we talked yesterday. He's out – or two days ago, maybe. I can't remember. But he's out six to eight weeks, uh, one of their first-round picks. Um you know, so that he's down. Uh, Devin Vassell has been dealing with some injuries. So get another guy in and see see what it looks like. Yeah, yeah. Again, these are the kind of guys that you want to take a, a chance on. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's turn the bottom point. of that roster, right? You're well. <laughs> I know when we get into standings, I was going to say you're a bad team. Turn the bottom of the roster. Well, the Spurs right now aren't yeah. a bad team. So yeah, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll talk not. about that. Um, yeah, let, let's get into the standings. Here. You know, I've I've got a. a question for you though and this is something that's been top of mind and this is non-basketball related but um how early is too early to transition over to christmas season yeah that's a good question are are we there is that are we allowed to i don't know all right so i'm gonna give you this is gonna be more in-depth thoughts than i think you were looking for um here in orlando because we're in the theme park capital of the world it literally happens overnight from halloween to November 1st. Um, basically everywhere pulls all the Halloween stuff out and it becomes winter wonderland on November 1st, because anybody who comes in in the month of November, they want them to have that feeling right of the, the mm-hmm. holiday season. Um, I used to be a big, the weekend after Thanksgiving guy. That's when you put up the tree, put up all the lights. I, I like to jokingly say it's your annually scheduled uh, fight within the family of like, that's not how the lights go. That's how we've always done it. No, it isn't. Right. And it, it's just like, put it on the calendar, you know, the, the days after Thanksgiving. Now 
we every year play in a pretty big soccer tournament uh, the days after Thanksgiving. So we've started inching it a little earlier. And we had a neighbor during the pandemic who was like, look, everything sucks right now. And they did, did it like too. early in November. Yep. And he's like, I just wanted it to feel good and be something to be happy about. And, and, uh, and then like now the last couple of years in our neighborhood, like, like I'm not going to be surprised if we have a couple houses uh, putting their lights and stuff up as early as this weekend. So my theory is do whatever you want, whatever makes you feel happy. You know, it's, it, it's weird. I always felt like we go into so much effort to decorate the house for Christmas. If that's your thing. And it's like one month and then it all comes down. You know, if you, you want to drag a few extra weeks out of it, have at it, have fun. I, I think it's great. Yeah, I, I'm in agreement with that. I, I I tend to subscribe to the the day after Thanksgiving, you know, Black Friday. That's when you're yeah. doing anything every way. But then I look at we've got those some years like what if Thanksgiving is always the fourth Thursday in, in November, mm -hmm. if, I'm, if I'm correct here. And then, and then what happens? But what if the like, say, November 1st is a Friday then Thanksgiving winds up being pushed pretty deep yeah. into November. And then it just yep. feels like it's too late. So I can understand in that scenario, but under a, under, under normal circumstances, I'm like the day after Thanksgiving. So you go to the store and it's already just Christmas everywhere. And I love Christmas, but I don't want it stretched out too far. Yeah. I, I think it takes away, away a little bit of it. Yeah. I don't want to get to Christmas and then be like, Ugh, okay, get this over with already. Right. But yeah, I mean, I don't have any problem with that. And, you know, obviously we're going through the clock change here and yeah, the, yeah. the, the next little bit. And, you know, and that's a, that's going to be a whole new thing for us here in Florida. They voted and actually passed through We're we're they're in process. I can't remember when it happens, but they're getting rid of daylight savings time. Oh, uh, awesome. Florida. So, yeah. So it's going to be, mm -hmm. Be a little confusing because then it's going to be like, wait, are we now matched with you know the rest of the East Coast? That's confusing, like, no, but I can tell you from from spending some years living in Arizona, <laughs> it's so nice. Just, it's so yeah. it's so oh, nice. yeah. you, you don't have to yeah. deal with it, and it's just yeah. and you just yeah you just and, move and if you right look along. At the, the map, Florida is far enough west. I think I think people think it's like super on the East Coast, but like we're pretty far west from like the the northern East Coast mm -hmm. that like the it it's not going to change much for us like sun versus you know uh, sunset right. sunrise sunset and all that stuff so yeah i just you know yeah give me on one time i don't want to keep changing the clocks especially too we're always going to have dogs and man nothing messes up the dogs more than a time change absolutely like, we get absolutely like bonkers dogs, like, dogs and kids man right yeah yeah <laughs> kids too yeah right yeah it's like it's like no i can get up now and it's like no you're two hours early go back right exactly exactly yep so, all right. All right. Let's take a look well, at the standings we've here. We've angered everybody. Like, oh, <laughs> We're going to get the comments. Skip ahead to the basketball talk <laughs> at and then this this time. Um, all right. So looking at the Eastern Conference standings, I just want to go through what what is surprising right now. Where there is there anything that you're looking at that you're not expecting to see at this stage? And again, most teams have played somewhere between six and eight games. Uh, it's super early. There's a long way to go. But. What are we thinking just shy of 10% of the way done through the season? Yeah, I think um, the things that jump out are the heat and the nets in mm -hmm. that bottom five outside of the playoff picture, you know, right now, not even in the play in obviously the heat are a half game out. The nets are a game and a half. So that doesn't really mean it. You know, they're a good week from being, you know, in the top six probably. Uh, but that I don't think, even if you thought the nets might, you know, not be good, um, I don't think anybody thought two and six kind of star, which is why they don't have a Steve Nash as their head coach anymore, along with other reasons um, that we talked in depth yesterday. Um, 
that that's probably the big thing that immediately jumps out at me. And, and I, I, I hate to go with, with a negative, but the only reason why I'm kind of going there is the rest of this looks kind of sort of ish what I thought it might, um, you know, a bunch of teams that are very similar, uh, kind of compact record wise. And, you know, a bunch of teams that are pretty good, but not great, uh, you know, kind of right behind them. And that's, that's what I think it may be, you know, as we, we run through the entirety of the season. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is where, too, your schedule matters a lot. Mm -hmm. Whereas by, like, say, the midway point, it's kind of even out where if you've had a really light schedule early on, It's going to make a big difference in, in the standings at this point. So there's going to be a lot of variance with that. I look at the Bucks being six and zero, like without Chris Middleton. That's that's impressive that they are mm-hmm. are six and zero at this point. Uh, the Cavs having the best point differential in the NBA without Darius Garland for a good chunk of it. Mm-hmm. That's also also impressive, uh, or in the Eastern Conference at least. I don't I haven't looked at the point differential for the West, but um, that's also something I'm looking at. And then. Uh, the the Brooklyn Nets, like you said, being where they are, the the Miami Heat as well. Those two being below the playoff line, that's pretty surprising. Although I would, like, I would be surprised if the season finished that way. You can see this kind yeah. of variance early on. I would expect that we'll see. My guess would be Washington and Charlotte drop out, and Miami and Brooklyn be in the mix by the end of it. But it's funny you push Miami and Brooklyn up, take Charlotte and Washington out, and that's it. I think those are the 10 teams, right? I yep. think that may be, there's your East, you know, what, well, what your order is. I don't really necessarily know. Um, you know, obviously let's be, you know, we talked about them a little bit to start the show when I talked to Darius Garland, but uh, to give them their due Cavs at five and one, you know, phenomenal start Absolutely. for them. Uh, best uh, scoring differential, I think in the entire league, um, but definitely in the Eastern conference, um, you know, the box six and Oh, Chris Middleton uh, designed to the G League herd and going to start practicing uh, soon here. So he's probably coming around. So the, you know, the, the, you know, but I don't really know anybody to think the Bucks weren't a title contender. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Cleveland off to that good start. And then, then yeah, that's just a whole bunch of teams that are mashed together. So, you know, fun, fun though, uh, for sure in the East. All right, let's go take a peek at the Western Conference where you've got some, some more bizarre things happening out, out West. Um, <laughs> I mean, right off the yeah, bat, this one is the surprising one. Oh, you know, if the East goodness. were like, yeah, there's a couple. The West is like, what is happening? Exactly. Here? I mean, you look and you've got uh, you've got Utah and San Antonio, the three mm-hmm. and the four seed, respectively. Now, San Antonio having a negative point differential. Does that foretell <laughs> troubles to come? Is that is that what we're expecting? Like, is this just early season, small sample size? 
I feel like there, there's a difference. Yeah. Like we tend to lump the, the two together, and I feel like there is maybe a difference between Utah and San Antonio, where Utah, I, I'm questioning how sustainable it is. San Antonio, I don't think I buy it. No, so they're having a negative point differential seven games in is mostly driven by they got beat by 29 points, I think it was, in their first sure. game of the season, or it was something a lot. Let me let me look to be sure. 27 points, 129 to 102. So, yeah, when we're this, this uh, low into the season, it is um, very – it is a, uh, you know, time where we are um, – those big numbers pop you know, either mm-hmm. positive or negative, right? They, they pull you one direction. But it also is, I don't expect them to be very good. So it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, this is why it happened. Also, interesting enough, they're five and two, but I don't know if you, you know this, three of their seven games, they've already played the Minnesota Timberwolves three times um, That's this weird. season. They're going to play them one more time, and it's the next to last day of the regular season. So this is when the NBA doing what they've done to cut down travel with those like mini series and the, mm-hmm. you play in the same city twice in a row, kind of major league baseball style. Um, that's nice from the cutting down the travel, but if you hit a team at the right or wrong time, depending on your point of view, it kind of really influences it one way or the other. Right. Yeah. It's, and there were a lot of a uh, couple playoff met where, where people were, Oh, well this team really handled this team in the regular season. It's like, ah, uh, yeah, but they played three games in the span of two weeks when somebody was out with us. And it game. was in November. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, so let's not, you know, like, should it come down to Spurs Timberwolves later in the year? Like we want to be like, Oh, well the Spurs got them, you know, two out of three already. So yeah. But that said, again, giving them their due five and two, you know, I thought it might be Christmas to not to go back to our previous conversation about Christmas time, but it might be then when they're hitting that fifth win. So, mm-hmm. you know, and here they are with it right out of the gate. So Pop was just throwing us all off the sand at media day when he was like, don't bet on us. You know, he maybe he knew he had, maybe he went and put in the big bet. Right. And he's like, you think oh, he I am going to retire. I am. Yeah. <laughs> he <laughs> says, this is it. This is my moment. This is my yep. opportunity here. I'm going to throw, throw 10 million on us to, to win the title. Yeah, to be clear, I don't think that happened. That would be highly illegal and a major scandal, but absolutely. uh, And yeah, the Jazz. How about the Blazers, though? Five and one. That's not surprising, too. You know, especially with Damian Lillard out already this year with with an injury. So, I mean, you've definitely got three teams. Uh, Blazers, I think most people thought, be in the play in mix, but, uh, you know, Jazz and Spurs, we we thought if they were battling for standing position, it'd be at the other end of this, down down where the Rockets are hanging out. And then, I mean, look at the Oklahoma City Thunder sitting in seventh, mm-hmm. four and three. Absolutely. Wouldn't yep. have anticipated that. They have a positive point differential as well. Shea Gilgis-Alexander has been tremendous. They're on a four-game winning streak, for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, they've been they've been great, too. And wouldn't They've expect- done that without guys in the lineup for some yeah. of the part, part of it, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So they've been impressive. And then down at the bottom of the table, the Clippers, the Warriors, and the Lakers, all underneath the playoff line. Right now, I mean, the Clippers and the Warriors are the two most surprising there. Like Lakers, we had pegged anywhere from like six to 10 or something. Mm -hmm. But I mean, one in five is still maybe a little. They've had a brutal schedule, but still. But Clippers and Warriors, I don't think anybody would have projected that eight games into the season or seven games in as it is for, for the Clippers. So it's super early, right? We're sure. like a one-tenth of the way through the year. Are you worried at all about the Clippers or, or the Warriors? Like, Because like, I know we, we both had them pretty high in our standings. I think we both had the Clippers in the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are, you, are you worried about that at all with either one of them? The, the Warriors, no. 
the Warriors, I feel like, will they'll be because we've got such a long history of them just being the Warriors, the Clippers again. I expected them to. I mean, you would look at it and you say, well, Kawhi's been out and Paul George, and you know, but this was the team that we said they've got the depth to weather the storm of of being of losing their stars. And so far that hasn't really been the case. So that's a little bit concerning. I know their three-point shooting has been particularly low compared to what you would expect it to be. It's not been like Lakers level low, but it's been bad compared to what you would you would think they would be. I don't know if maybe there's some some uh, progression to the mean there if there if that comes up at some point and that can certainly level things out for them but i'm not worried at all about the warriors i'm at least keeping an eye on the clippers to see what's what's really going on here i mean negative seven in point differential that's that's pretty big yeah to the surprise of no one we're again simpatico with our thoughts here it's uh you know it's the warriors yeah i'm a little worried about the warriors depth it just doesn't look so great um, so I'm a little bit concerned with that. There, um, the Clippers portion, though, yeah, I am really like, what is you know, um, th- this doesn't look good. We know now Kawhi's going to be out for you know at least uh, mo- basically another week um, before we'll see him again. They're the only team in the league that's not cracking a hundred points per game uh, right now, which is a little concerning because offense is up everywhere. I mean, just look at the, some yeah. of these point totals on the screen here right now. You know, you have multiple teams that are up over 115 points per game. Um, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm nervous. You know, I am nervous on the Clippers. I, you know, now again, a good week, they can blow that out of the water and it could be perfectly fine, but I am, you know, it's got me a little worried. Um, yeah, at the bottom, Houston, right. Thought they might be the worst team in the conference. I still think in the end, Oklahoma city will end up down there. Spurs jazz. We'll see. Um, you know, hey, your guys, your guys, you know, let's focus on the far right column. It's a, it's a one there, right? They, they've, they've, streak, they so. got that, that they got that win, yeah. and now there's optimism about Russell Westbrook coming off the bench and yeah. whether or not that will work. Schedule stuff, will but, lighten up a little bit. So, yeah, I mean, I, I've you been know. saying for a while there, the Lakers fans were not happy with me, but I kept saying, <laughs> The, the three-point shooting will come around. They shot 43% against the Nuggets. They're not going to yeah. do that every single night, but no. they're also not a 21% three-point no. shooting yeah, team, which absolutely. is what we saw through the first like five games or so. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that will average out. And that may be the case for the Clippers as well, where the three they're at like 30% right now. I would expect that to tick up. And and some of these things will flatten out as, as time absolutely. goes by. I do think the small sample size uh, issue is in effect here. And, and what um, I always do, and I did this with Celtics fans mm-hmm. last season as they did not play well early, was, you know, especially with the Lakers part of it. Yeah, one and five, they're exactly three and a half games out of home court advantage in the first round. Right. So, like, you know, it's just, I mean, yeah, it's not, this is not, they're not, uh, you know, one in, um, you know, one in 10. And it's like, crap, like we're already buried a little bit here and you have a ton of ground to make up. Like the Pelicans last year, they were so bad early that they just, they didn't, it it was a little bit surprising. They even made up the ground to get into the play-in, but that's where you just got to avoid. Yeah. If, if, you know, a couple weeks from now, we're talking about the Lakers and they're two and 10. All right. It's time to start having different conversations, right? Because that's starting to put yourself in a hole. You may not dig out of right now. You're, you're, you're fine uh, with this, you know, and then, Let's take Oklahoma City out of the mix, you know, a little bit there because I think they'll eventually fall out. It's again like in the East, it's just a bunch of teams crammed together in the middle. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of, kind of where we're going to see in Phoenix. 
I don't know. We all kind of thought, thought is I this thought they a, were going to drop off. Yeah. They would, nope. they would, you know, they had so much drama over the off season yeah. and everything. And then, you know, yeah. Jay Crowder and that all, and, and Monty Williams and DeAndre, and DeAndre Ayton and all this stuff that was going on. And they're just like, nope, best point differential <laughs> in, in the league or in the, right? uh, in the, in the West. And they're six and one and they're just, yeah. Screwed. Yeah. It, it really is, you know, kind of crazy with, with that. I mean, yeah. And they, 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 uh, Gosh, now it's slipping my mind. Oh, Minnesota last night. It was it ended up being a nine point win, but it never really felt like it was kind of in, in danger when I watched that. It felt like they kind of kind of did what they want to do. They already too. Chris Paul was pretty bad to start the season. Um, didn't look like himself, and now you know, he's he's figuring out. You know, so yeah, I mean, just kind kind of kind of doing their thing there. But yeah, Utah, San Antonio. Let's see. You know, let's you know, let's do this every couple weeks. We'll we'll yeah. check in and see, and if. You know, and again, if in a couple of weeks, you know, the Jazz are, you know, let's say like, you know, 12 and four or, you know, t- 10 and six or something, then it's like, all right, maybe it is a little bit more real than we thought it was going to be. Right. Absolutely. Something to keep an eye on moving forward here. All right. I think that about wrap thing, wraps things up for today's show. Everybody, thank you so much for watching or for listening. Make sure you are subscribing to the YouTube channel. And of course, over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. More games coming up tonight, and we'll keep an eye on how everything breaks down around the NBA. We'll be back with more tomorrow. Till then, see ya, and stay safe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.